host, Josh Robinson, here to cultivate the strength of fierce warriors, where we stay in the present to make them our account, and we absorb the philosophy of the ancients. Today, I will be talking about Mayoto Musashi, a very famous warrior. He was a Ronin, which translates to Master or Samurai. He was born in a very interesting time, a time of change in Japan. For a few hundred years before him, the feudal lords ruled over the region. Each feudal lord had their own army and they employed samurai, and these samurai would fight wars. There were different schools around the region that taught different techniques and different styles, and each of them had their own accolades. However, when the Shogun dictator rose up, the armies were basically useless. There was no more fighting, the whole region was unified. So these samurai would walk around with their swords in their side as status symbols. Some of them would be like tradesmen. They'd go into villages and they would teach normal folk how to fight with the swords. A few of the other ones would go around and fight each other to, you know, like, uh, <laughs> kind of see which school was better. Musashi, he was one of these guys. So his father, who had earned the title rival to no other, was uh, a bit separated from any of the schools. And he was the reason why Musashi was born into being a samurai because his father was a samurai before him. Now, they're not quite sure if Musashi's father could tell the son was a psychopath, or if it was having such a fierce father that made Musashi a psychopath. But from the age of about eight, his father sent him away to study with his uncle. Now, he uh, studied calligraphy and he learned to do some reading and writing up there, which, as it turns out, it was pretty good at. Now, uh, when he was about 13 or so, there was a travelling samurai who came to the village, and there must have been this, like, little killer warrior, like, instinct in Masashi that made him put his name on the bit of paper that the samurai had put in the village square um, to take on some opponents. So his uncle, having learned about this, was a little bit concerned, as you could imagine, because the nephew who was placed in his care was about to be in a life-or-death bout with a trained samurai. So before the match was about to go ahead, his uncle wants in and goes, Mate, mate, please, please, you can't fight my nephew. He's... He's only like 13, man. He doesn't know what he's getting himself into. Like, you're a, you're a fully grown man with a sword. This guy's actually listening to his uncle. Like, um, I'm pretty sure he's uh, about to be turned around and be like, it's okay, I won't fight your nephew. But <laughs> before he even got the chance, Masashi runs in there with a stick and beats this guy, hits him over the head, knocks him out, and continues to wail on this dude. So <laughs> that pretty much set the curse for his next fights because... Most of his fights he won while using stick, which ties into one of the rules that he has in one of his books. Uh, do not fight with weapons beyond what is useful.
One of his next famous fights he had as a young man, I think at about 16 or 17, he was facing it off against this guy who had a, a sickle with a, a chain and a ball on the end of it. So this guy had the edge on most people because he would be able to take them on. They would have one sword. And like if they got close range, he'd be able to block them with the sickle and then throw the ball and chain around and clock them in the back. Or if they're at a distance, he'd be able to throw the ball and chain, which would wrap up the sword, and then he would come in with the sickle and clock him. Masashi devised in that moment to pick up a stick, which threw this guy off, because all of a sudden there was this guy who had two bits, and in his moment of having to re-strategize and rethink from his very fixated strategy and technique, Masashi was able to get the edge on him. This sort of fluid-like technique of Masashi is carried through and he used it in most of the tricky bouts he got into. So the, the next most famous one he had when he was facing off against a, a guy who had a undefeated streak about the same as his was that uh, like this guy who was facing his technique portrayed to having an eight-foot-long sword. So this guy had more reach than anyone. He was able to, while standing back, cut them down before they could even get in his range. Masashi faced this guy with an oar that he had whittled an edge on, which ended up being longer than the sword. So uh, he ended up beating him again with a stick. This change of style uh, was the reason why Masashi was so famous. He became a master of strategy. Strategy, you might think, is having a set game plan to go ahead to do certain moves to win. However, that's a very jaded way of viewing it. Because strategy is merely having options. Because when you have more options, you have more choices. And it means that when you're facing a particular predicament, you're able to go with the path that will yield you the best results. Masashi was no stranger to this. His zenful, like, warrior mentality had two sides of it. One of them would be he would train. He would go out in the woods by himself. His, his sword or his stick and he would practice each movement continually, re repeatedly repeatedly until he forgot it until his body had remembered it to the point where he didn't even have to remember the second part was to meditate and push any intrusive thoughts out of his mind these two folds moved in so that whenever he faced a situation in battle he would be able to keep any unwanted thoughts out of his head, as well as have the trust in his own ability to do what needed to be done when the moment called for it. These two factors made him very lethal. And it is these two factors that us as wrathful warriors should take on. We should understand that the past is in the past and that the future is merely a reflection of that past. And the only thing that matters is being here, present, in this moment. 
We should understand that there is not a right or a wrong path to take, that there are many different paths that lead to the top of the mountain, and it is our choice to choose a path that will take us there. The key takeaway to have from my Oto story is to understand that you do not need to have the greatest teacher in the world. You do not need to come from the best school of training. That you can do this on your own. All you need to do is practice your craft. Become present in the moment. And to do what needs to be done when it is happening. These are key. These lessons you'll be able to take with you wherever you go, regardless of what you're doing. Understand that you have a job to do, and the completion of that job is your number one priority. That there are many different ways you can do that job, and to understand the most efficient way is to use the skill that you're practiced when the moment calls for it. Do this and you may earn yourself the title of being rival to no other.